continuing or concluding our series, What Every Christian Ought to Know. And over the past few weeks, we've, we've covered some different subjects about some things that we ought to know. I mean, one of the things we said when we started that every Christian ought to know is that the Bible is the Word of God. Uh, every Christian ought to have an assurance of his salvation. Every Christian ought to know about believer's baptism. And today we're going to take a look at, at uh, the subject of God's will. I believe every Christian ought to know God's will. Now, whenever we talk about God's will, I think typically what happens for a lot of us is we think that God's will is you know, something that's just really strange and it's hard to get our hands on. And, and we, we think that it's you know, like, a great big, like a great big mystery. And because of that, there's some different, I guess, some myths that many of us believe when it comes to God's will. And, and there's some of these things that I've bought into as well as I was growing up. You know, with God's will and doing God's will, there is the misery myth. And that is, if I'm going to be obedient to God and follow God's will for my life, then that means I'm going to be miserable. Because, you know, God never wants us to do anything that's fun. If you're going to be obedient to Him, then it's just going to be a big-time trial. Uh, there are other people who believe in, like, the missionary myth. And that is, if I'm going to know God's will, then that means I've got to either be a missionary or a preacher. Because see, those are the only kinds of people that he speaks to. Everybody else, you're just sort of out there on your own. And then another, another myth that people believe in is the mystery myth. You know, when it comes to God's will, there are a lot of people who think that God looks at his will for us as like it's a great big Easter egg hunt. And he's like, I've got a will and a plan for your life, but I'm going to hide it so well, good luck finding out what it is. And so what we're going to do today is we're just going to look into our scripture and hopefully dispel a lot of these myths and discover some things about God's will, some basic principles about God's will that I really believe every Christian ought to know about. And so we're going to look today in our passage of Scripture, and we're going to see there that the will of God is something God desires for us to grasp, to know. So if you have your Bible, we're going to look in Proverbs chapter 3, in two verses that are two of my favorite verses, verses 5 and 6. Now if you have your Bible and you want to follow along, you can go to the middle of your Bible, the book of Psalms, usually what you're going to hit, and go one book over. And so you'll run into Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is, you know, just what it says it is. It's little Proverbs that are given all throughout the book for basic instructional living. You know, just very practical tips on living a life for God. And the text we're looking at today was addressed, really, to, to young people. Uh, King Solomon wrote this proverb to his son. Now, we know this because of Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. It says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Now, obviously, you want to share some words of wisdom with young people so that as they progress through life, they're going to be able to get, get off on the right foot in life. Now, you might look at that and say, well, then obviously this proverb is not for me. For those of you who are maybe my age and up, you might be thinking, well, man, I'm past being a young person. Uh, this doesn't apply to me anymore. Well, here's the good news for you. Uh, this scripture still applies to you today. It still applies to you regardless of your age, because God, regardless of your age, desires for you to be on the path that he's created for your life. 
Now, I know it's real easy to get to a point where you think, you know, I just, I, I'm too far gone. I've, I've wasted a lot of years of my life. And I, I don't know if God can actually do something with me because it's been, it's been just such a long time that I've drifted away from God. Let me read you a passage of scripture that I think a lot of us aren't very familiar with. That is really a neat scripture. That's what the Lord says. In the book of Joel 2.25, God says this. He says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. You're like, what is that talking about? It's talking about years that have passed by that have been wasted. And God says, I can restore to you those years. So if you feel like that that much of your life has been a waste, I want you to understand, God is a God who can give you a fresh start. So what do we need to know about God's will? A few basic principles today. First one uh, to know about God's will is God promises to guide you. God promises to guide you in life. In verse 5 it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding." And you see that, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That word trust, it means to have confidence in. It means to be secure in. And whenever you place your trust or your confidence in something, what is important about the object in which you're placing your trust? What's important? That it's trustworthy, right? Now, a lot of us have a difficult time with trust for various reasons, and one of them is because we've been burned before. I mean, there are some of you, you could probably stand up right now and give a testimony and say, I trusted in this person, and they absolutely let me down. They crushed my spirit, they crushed my heart. There are others of you, you look at your job, and there are certain things you thought were going to happen in your job, but they didn't pan out like you thought they were going to. And it just absolutely crushed you. And it it makes you a little bit nervous about trusting. It's happened in my life. Uh, You can can probably look at me and tell by my my skin. I remember my my sister and my mother get very dark. You know, they tan really well. They look nice and healthy and good. And I remember I was a little boy. I I, I turned into a tomato. And so this older guy, he was talking to my sister about how beautiful her skin was. And he came up to me and he goes, oh, you got, he goes, you got typical ruddy farmer skin. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? I, but it, it doesn't sound good. No offense to any farmers out there, but I got your skin. And so I don't tan. Now, whenever I got into high school, they used to bother me. And I was like, i got to figure out a way to get, to tan, get a tan. And when I was in high school, they came out uh, for the very first tanning lotion. You all remember that stuff when it first came out? Man, I was excited about it. I was like, this is awesome. I am going to be like George Hamilton. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to look good, and, you know, it's going to be overnight. Up for the next day, I'm just going to come to school, and I'm going to be a Greek god. And so we get, we get this tanning lotion. I go out, I sneak out, I get tanning lotion. I put it all over me. It does not turn you. It did, back then, it did not turn you into a nice golden brown. It turned me into a nice golden orange. Yeah, see, you all know this stuff. I look like a Cheeto. I was a man... I was covered in Cheeto dust. It was terrible. And so after that, I just said, you know what? Everybody in marketing is a liar. And so I just don't care anymore. I take my, if I took my shirt off right now, uh, you know, it just, I'm not going to. If I did, y'all, I just, I'm red. My arms are red. Everything else is pasty white. It's just not a good sight. And so because of stuff like this, this I'm bringing this back to, you know, spiritual. Uh, because of stuff like this, a lot of us struggle 
with trust. And we say, yeah, I, did, I get let down all the time. Now, I look at our scripture today, and it says, trust in the Lord. You, you, you want to trust in something that's worthwhile? The scripture says you trust in the Lord. Now, is he worth our trust? Absolutely. Uh, Joshua twenty three fourteen says, not one of the good promises the Lord your God has given you has ever failed. In Hebrews 6, 18, it says it is impossible for God to lie. What does all that mean? It means God wants you to trust him because he is trustworthy. And when you trust him, God, God will show you the way he wants you to live, the, 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 the plan that he has for your life. Scripture that really encourages me concerning this is Ephesians 2.10, concerning God's plan for my life. It says, for we, God's people, are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The word beforehand, it means to, to ordain. In other words, God has a plan. He's had a plan for your life before you were ever born. In Psalm 32, 8, it says, God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Now, that's, that's very encouraging to me because if you're going to be guided by the Lord, I mean, that's the best one you can be guided by. But if you're actually going to receive guidance from God, you need to have a communication system with him. It's hard to be guided by somebody if you don't have a relationship with him in order to hear his voice. When I was a kid, I, I was just like most of you. I had chores that I was supposed to do every weekend. Now, whenever my parents would tell me to do these chores, again, like most kids, I was not excited about them. And so I would put them off as long as possible. But whenever mom and dad came in to the room, they could give me, they'd see me still sitting there, and they could just give me a look. And I knew I better get up and go do them. And I knew I better do that because I knew if I didn't that there was a, there was a consequence. There was a price to pay. Now, how, did I, how could I figure that out? How, how was I able to know when my parents were being serious or when they were just sort of being laid back? I was able to recognize it because I've, I'd seen them in action before. You know, I had tested them before, so I knew what was coming. But I had a relationship with them. Now, the same idea is true with God. God wants to guide us and instruct us. But if we're not paying attention to Him and we don't have a relationship with Him, we end up wandering around in life lost. And we begin to ask questions like, God, do you even have a plan for me? You know, God, what is it that you want me to do? And we feel very confused a lot of time in life, not knowing what direction we're supposed to go in in life. And I believe a major reason why is because so many of us don't spend much time with God, and so we don't recognize His voice. And we don't know exactly what it is that He wants us to do. So the question is, well, what's the remedy for this? Well, at Village Church, the, the way we try to remedy this is, what we're doing right now, we have, you know, we come to church on Sunday mornings. We look into Scripture for a reason, for God to speak to us, to, to show us His Word about how He desires for us to live. We remedy this problem in our church. We have small groups where we gather together and we we look into Scripture together as as groups of ten to fifteen people and and we fellowship with each other and try to figure out how how Scripture applies to our daily lives. So, what's the result of all that? it becomes easier to identify the voice of God. 
As we spend time with him, we start becoming aware of, of what God or how God desires for us to live. But to do that requires trust. Trust in God. Trust that we're going to listen to him. That we're going to put him first in our lives. And trusting that his plans are better for us than our own plans. The verse Kendra read is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So the first principle about God's will is God promises to guide you. That is something you can hang on to. God promises to guide you. But another thing about God's will is God's guidance is provisional. In other words, we have a responsibility with the guidance of God. If you look in verse 5 again, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now the part of the verse I want you to focus on is the last part of verse number 5 where it says, Lean not on your own understanding. Now again, Many of us feel like we're very sophisticated, we're smart, we like to trust in our own wisdom and understanding. I believe God gave us a brain, I think that's okay. But you don't want to lean on your understanding. Because you're temporary. Because your vision is limited. You want to lean, as in, you know, have your confidence in the understanding of God. And to do that... It's tough to come to that place where you say, you know what, I'm going to trust not necessarily my instincts, but God's. Because typically what we do is we, we have ideas about what we want to do in life, and so we can come to God and say, God, this is what I want to do, so you design a plan to make what I want happen. And the problem with that is that we're making ourselves God and making God our servant. So for us, the big question is, am I really willing, are you really willing to listen to God and to follow the leadership of God's will? You know, not to, know, not to go just with your gut feeling and what you want to do, but with God. In, an example of this is Acts chapter 9, it's a story of Paul, and Paul was known as a great persecutor of Christians, and he's going to Damascus to persecute Christians as he's going up there We have what the Bible calls the Damascus Road experience. Y'all remember what happened to Paul? I'll have one basic thing that happened to Paul. Or two things. Y'all tell me one of them. Paul's going up there. What happened to him? He got blinded. Blinded and then God spoke to him audibly. Now that's interesting to me because Paul was a man who was living in defiance of God. Right after that in Acts chapter 9, it's really interesting to me. Here's Here's what Paul says to God. He says, Lord... What do you want me to do? No longer was he saying, this is what I'm going to do. He has an experience with God, and he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, some of you might be thinking, if God blinded me, and he spoke to me in an audible audible voice, I'm going to say the same thing. But as you know, as you look throughout Scripture, that was a rare occasion where God spoke like that to people. God typically speaks to people, and you look in the Bible, and I look at my own personal experience... In a small, still, small voice. He wants to see if we're going to be listening to him. He spoke to Elijah like this in 1 Kings 19, 12, and 13. It says, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, it's really interesting, it says, came a gentle whisper. That whisper was from God. Now, we live in a very loud world. 
Yeah, we have so much stuff that's going on all the time around us. I mean, I'm amazed that, you know, we'll, whenever I'm driving, you know, I'll, I'll drive through our neighborhood. I'll see people running or I'll see people driving and they're talking on their cell phones. Uh, they're texting constantly. Um, I'm not I'm against any of these things. It's just amazing how stuff's going on. You can go home and you get on your computer and you can, you can get a movie, download it, and instantly watch it on the television. You know, just it's in, it, you can do what Xbox. You can do it online Xbox games, and you can play people from from I've heard all over the world. And so, absolutely amazing. So there's all this. There's like this is a big word for me. There's a cacophony of noise that's going on in our lives. And when there's a bunch of noise that's happening in our lives, you know what? You know what it makes it makes it difficult with us and God. It's hard to hear Him. Because we're paying attention to all this other stuff. And I look in Scripture and it tells me in Scripture, be still and know that I'm God. God wants us to listen to Him. And there has to come a time when we're willing to put the noise of this world to the side and tilt our head and our ear to the one who has the power of life. And I was a kid, a, a very famous commercial, it had to be in the 70s, was um, stock brokerage firm E.F. Hutton. Y'all, do any of y'all remember those commercials, the F. Hutton commercials? All the, uh, all the young people are saying, yes, I do. And so uh, on those commercials, you'd see they'd be at a restaurant. And uh, this is the one I remember anyway. And the, the guy would be talking about, about his business. And he'd say, well, E.F. Hutton says. And whenever he'd say that, you remember everybody put down, you'd hear the clinking of the forks and the glass being put down. And everybody would stop what they're doing. They'd quit talking, get very quiet, and they'd all lean over. And then the narrator would come on and say, when E.F. Hutton speaks... People listen. Oh, man, that is exactly what it should be like with God today. When God speaks, we need to listen. And you say, well, does God speak today? Yeah. You, you, you know, it's, do you know God speaks to us through creation? Romans chapter 1, it says that, that God gives evidence of himself through creation. It is very difficult to me to understand how anybody can look at that creation, the intricacy of our world, and not come away saying there is a designer to this world in which we are living. God speaks to us through Scripture. Now, of course, you have to pick it up and read it if you want God to actually communicate with you. Which brings me to a, a challenge for you. Ask yourself this question. Is there a time in my day when I'm setting aside... You know, a time to read scripture. To see what God has to say. Is there a time when I am, when I am stepping back and I'm going to God in prayer and talking to Him? You see, the Lord is revealing Himself to us in numerous ways, but He's not going to force His way into our lives. He's going to speak to us, and if the onus is on us to listen, He doesn't break the door down into our lives and barge His way in. Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come and eat with him and he with me. First principle to know about God's will is God promises to guide you. God promises that. But he wants us to know that his guidance is provisional. We have a responsibility. But this is the last thing I want us to see about our text today concerning God's will. The final principle is God's guidance is practical. And I I really like this. When God guides us, his guidance is practical. Look in verse 6. It says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. 
Acknowledge God in all your ways, and he'll make your path straight. Now, in our world today, the, boy, it can, people can really make you, or make you think that you're being kooky if you're going to pay attention to God. I, I like to, I watch the news quite a bit in the mornings when I get up. I won't tell you which one I watch, because I don't promote anything. But I, I watch uh, the news quite a bit, just to find out what people are thinking, what's going on. And I remember watching one of the, one of the uh, political commentators, a pundit, get on there. and just really aggravated me. And he got on there, some, one candidate in particular, who I don't know if I'm going to support or not, but it just irritated me. He said it about him. Here's what he said. He said, this candidate does not believe in evolution. He said, can America afford to elect a president like that? And I said, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, just makes, he was making it so odd and bizarre for people who believe in the God of the Bible. And then I look at King Solomon in our text today, and Solomon says, you want to follow God. You want to follow him because he's our creator. But there's a very practical reason for following God. It makes sense. And what, what is that reason? Well, in, in verse number 6, this is what uh, Solomon says. He says, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Now, obviously, discovering God's will begins with acknowledging his rightful place in our lives. He is God. I'm not. I need to understand who he is and what he's done for me. And that's why Solomon says, in all areas of your life, says, acknowledge God. Pay attention to him. He is greater than you are. And then he gives the practical reason why. He says, because he will make your paths straight. That little phrase right there was in reference to roads that people traveled on where there would be debris or obstacles on the road. And so when those obstacles were on the road, then you, know, you had a hard time arriving at your destination. What Solomon's saying, he says, you acknowledge God in all areas of your life, all your decision-making. Whether you're at home or you're at school, wherever you might be, acknowledge God, he says, and he will remove the obstacles. He'll remove the impediments that stand in your way so that you can arrive at his desired destination for your life. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not much of a gadget guy. Um, you know, I grew up in the generation of Pong. I remember that. And Tank. Uh, the two you know, greatest games ever in, uh, in video gaming. And so whenever I, see, whenever I see some of the stuff people have today, it, I mean, it just blows me away. So, I mean, I think gadgets are kind of neat. But one of the, the gadgets that's real practical and helpful for me is the, uh, the Garmin GPS. Um, I know most of you guys, you all have some sort of GPS system in your car. And I think they're, like, amazing, especially because I get lost all the time. And so, you know, you sit there and you look at that thing. And what's really cool about it is I just discovered this, I guess, last year on my GPS is that if there is, you know, if there's tra- a traffic slowdown, if there's an accident on the road, it can, you can actually click on your GPS detour. And it will take you out of the way of that, of that slowdown so that you can avoid it and still arrive at your destination. Now, that happens. For that to happen, you have to pay attention to the directions that are being given on the, stream, on the screen. And the same idea is true with God. God knows all the roads that we travel in life. You know that? God knows where the pitfalls in life are. 
He knows where the obstacles in life are. That's why so much of Scripture is speaking on sin and the destruction of sin and why we want to avoid it. God's saying, follow me and you can avoid all this garbage that so many of us ignore and we just fall right into the garbage pit. God knows the clear road. And he's saying, if you will acknowledge me in all your ways... He said, you're going to arrive at, arrive at your desired destination. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. What are all these things? If you read the preceding verses, I mean, basically the context is that you'll have peace. You'll have peace in knowing that, that you are following the leadership of God, and he leads you to a good place. Let me share with you how that's worked out in my life and, and with my vocation. Y'all, I did not grow up saying, when I grow up, I want to be a preacher. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. that. That was not my goal. When I went to college, I went to college with the, the intent, and I, you know, I did, not that I would, it would have ever happened, but I, my goal was that I was going to go into law. And so I went to college, and while I was there, I had a good time. I enjoyed, I enjoyed myself, had fun for a while. And then after a period of time, I began to wonder, God, what is it you want me to do? And about my junior year, I remember I began to, I actually started really just praying and asking God for wisdom. And you know, it's, not that, it's not that I was tremendously tight with God, I was just sort of getting desperate. I mean, I'm getting ready to graduate. I said, God, what do you want me to do? Because I didn't feel a satisfaction with going into law. And so I began to pray about it, and I began to read scripture, and I just sensed God calling me to do some sort of ministry. And so I said, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And I took a leap of faith. And I, I said, instead of going to law school after I graduated, I said, I'm going to go to, I'm going to, go to seminary. And how's that worked out? Well, it's been 18 years. And during that time, God began to open doors for me to serve in different places. And 18 years later, I have a great sense of satisfaction in my life, not because I've done everything perfect, but, but because in general I know that I am doing what God has called me to do. Now, as I say that, I don't want you to think your experience has to be my experience. It doesn't. You might be thinking, man, I hope God doesn't, you know, maybe he's calling me to be a preacher too. He might be for some of you. And others, you know, only done it. God could be calling some of you to be businessmen, right where you are right now. Teachers could be calling some of you to be plumbers, whatever it might be. But whatever God's calling you to do, you need to be obedient in that area. And then say, God, use me in this area where you've called me to serve in order to bring glory to you. But to do that... Yet, there's got to be a step of faith. You have to act on what God's leading you to do. Now, here's my, here's my deal with God's will. I do not believe God's will is some big, deep, dark secret. I don't believe God's... God doesn't play a game with us on this. God wants us to know His will so that we can glorify Him. So that we can honor Him. Now, what do we need to know about God's will? There's some important things. First, God promises to guide you. He's not trying to, he's not, it's not a mystery. He's not trying to hide anything. He, he says, you, you acknowledge me. He says, I'll guide you. Secondly, God's guidance is provisional. It's our responsibility to pay attention to him. But then finally, I want us to see that God's guidance is practical. God wants us in our everyday life to follow and live for him, to acknowledge him in all of our ways. Now here's the question. Are you ready to be on the path that God lays out for your life? 
And I'd say most of us say, yeah, I mean, I'd like that. And, but it begins with you acknowledging God. Now, if you've never really acknowledged the leadership of God in your life, I, I challenge you to do that today. And you do that in a, in a moment. You just simply will bow our heads and pray. And you can talk to God and say, Lord, I want to acknowledge you today. And I ask you to be the leader of my life, to, to forgive me of sin, and to be my God. Now, there are others of you here today, and you're believers, but you're sort of, you know, you're floundering, floundering around in life, not real sure exactly what it is that God wants you to do. And you just simply need to take time today as you talk to God and, and pray and just say, Lord, today I want to commit myself to seeking you first in my life. And God, I want to I do whatever it's going to take in the situations where I'm going to hear your voice. Whether that be in the church or in the small group ministry, surrounding yourself with godly people. God wants you to know his will. And I believe every Christian ought to know that. And then every Christian ought to act on that. Let's bow for a word of prayer as well.